Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids! Problem solved. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Why do things seem so crazy right now? It's because we're living in the last days. Jesus warned us that things would heat up just before He comes. Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to be alert and to be about our Father's business. Do I believe Jesus could come at any time? Yes. Do I believe it might be 10 years from now or 20 years from now? Yeah, could be. I don't know. But I do believe it could happen at any moment. And I think we should live in anticipation of that as followers of Jesus Christ. This is the day when the lost are found. It's clear that the Lord's return could come at any time. So the question is, if Jesus was coming back tomorrow, how should we spend our time today? Well, one day He will come, and then it'll be too late for preparation. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie begins the final message in his eye-opening series called The End of the World, What Does the Bible Say? We'll focus today on what the Lord would have us do as last day's believers. Important insight given the signs of the times. I just read a poll that revealed most Americans believe our country has spun off its access. And I would say it's not just our country, it's really the whole world. Why do things seem so crazy right now? Doesn't it seem to you as though things are accelerating in the wrong direction on every level? You know why that is? It's because we're living in the last days. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, in the last days, things will go from bad to worse. There's gonna be an entire shuffling, reshuffling, I should say, of the superpowers. And we're gonna see a new superpower emerge led by the Antichrist and his 10 confederated nations under him. And then we read about the kings of the east. We don't know who they are exactly. We can guess at it. We'll face off with Antichrist and his forces in the final battle in the Valley of Megiddo there in Israel, and it's called the Battle of Armageddon. So here's what it's like. Prophetic events are like dominoes closely stacked together. Once the first one falls, they're all gonna fall in rapid succession. Okay, so in my opinion, which is the right opinion, <laughs> and if it wasn't, I wouldn't hold it, but I do think it's right, but some disagree with me, and I respect their right to be wrong. Okay, so in my opinion, the order of prophetic events is number one, rapture. The rapture, the harpazo is the Greek word. We're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That can happen at any time. Sometime after that, Antichrist emerges on the scene. He comes initially as a man of peace, as a peacemaker, but soon it's revealed that he's a troublemaker. If Satan had a son, this is it. That inaugurates the seven-year tribulation period. It begins peacefully, but at the midway point, God's judgment falls on people, culminating in the final battle of Armageddon, fought in the Valley of Megiddo, and then Christ returns. Then we have the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven to earth. 
Okay, so that's the big picture. So once that first domino falls, the others fall in rapid succession. So we're waiting for that. Now, there's something I haven't talked about yet that is a very important part of the prophetic puzzle. And that is the nation Israel. Because the Bible makes very specific predictions about the scattering and regathering of the Jewish people in their homeland. For instance, the Bible tells us the Jewish people would be scattered at the four corners of the earth. Has that happened? Yes, it happened. It says they would be regathered in their land again. Has that happened? Yes, it has. Uh, scripture tells us that they'll be regaining Jerusalem as their capital. That too has happened. That they'll be isolated and ultimately that they will be attacked. That has not happened yet. We're waiting on that. And it's interesting to know that the Bible tells us that end times events will revolve around this tiny little sliver of land called Israel. And in that tiny sliver of land is the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace. Ironically, more wars have been fought at her gates than any city in world history. And this little city of Jerusalem, God said, will be the focal point of end times events, and indeed it is. Not Washington, not Moscow, not Paris, not New York City, not Irvine, <laughs> not Pedley. That's a city in the Inland Empire. It's going to be Jerusalem. And she has always been the capital of Israel. And one of the great things that the Trump administration did was moving the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, recognizing that is her capital. And now there they are. But there's hostility against Israel and specifically toward Jerusalem. God told us that in the end times she would be an intoxicating drink, a heavy stone and a burden for the whole world. Zechariah 12 says, I'll make Jerusalem and Judah like an intoxicating drink to all the nearby nations that send their armies to besiege Jerusalem. On that day I'll make Jerusalem a heavy stone, a burden for the whole world. None of the nations who try will be able to lift it. So let's think now a little bit about the nation Israel. She is a modern day miracle. To, to think that there is a nation called Israel, a homeland for the Jewish people. Who would have ever thought such a thing could happen as World War II was raging and Hitler was building his Third Reich bent on world domination and he came up with something he called the final solution. And the final solution was his desire to eradicate the Jewish people from the face of the earth. He built all these concentration camps with names like Treblinka, and Ravensbrück, and Auschwitz, and others. And there six million Jewish men, women, and children were put to death by Hitler. It looked like he might succeed, but of course he failed. Thank God for that. And mysteriously, unexpectedly, but actually right on schedule, it's like Jewish people around the world got the collective message. It's time to return to our homeland. And they began to return. And they began to try to build a nation again. And on May 14th, 1948, Israel officially declared themselves a nation again. And the prophetic time clock began to tick. This is not just a sign. This is what we might describe as a super sign that such a thing would even happen. 
Never has a nation been able to maintain its national identity even three to 500 years after being removed from its homeland until Israel. And listen, God gave this land to the Jewish people. It's in the scripture over in the book of Deuteronomy. He says in Deuteronomy 1.8, I'm giving all this land to you. Now go in and occupy it for the, this is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all their descendants. So let's read now what the Bible says about the regathering of the Jewish people to the land of Israel in Ezekiel 37. And I'm gonna read verses one to six from the New Living Translation. Ezekiel 37, the Lord took hold of me, writes Ezekiel, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around the old dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm gonna breathe into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Stop there. <laughs> it's like God told Ezekiel to preach to a graveyard. Now listen, I've spoken to some pretty dead audiences before, and you would be one of them. Not really, no. But I mean, to preach to a graveyard, to a bunch of dry bones, well, what does this all mean? What do these bones represent? It's clearly explained in Ezekiel 37, dropped down to verse 11. And he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying, we've become old dry bones, all hope is gone. Now give them this message from the sovereign Lord. Oh my people, I'll open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again and I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, you'll know I am the Lord and I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and return home to your own land and know that I'm the Lord and I've done everything just as I promised for I the Lord have spoken. Wow, so this has happened before our very eye. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, we're getting a clear look at Bible prophecy as Pastor Greg presents his message, How to Be a World Changer at the End of the World. Now, after Ezekiel 37 is Ezekiel 38. Is that not an amazing insight? I can count. What happens in chapter 38? Let's read about it. Because this massive force from the north of Israel marches on her. This hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. Ezekiel 38, verse two. Son of man, set your face against Gog, land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I'm against you, Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I'll turn you around, I'll put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with all of your army, horsemen, all splendidly clothed, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya. I'd underline those three words, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Now drop down to verse eight. A long time from now, now of course Ezekiel is writing this years and years ago, thousands of years ago. A long time from now, he's saying, this is in the distant future, this is gonna happen. In the last days, so this is the last days event, you will swoop down, speaking to Gog and Magog, 
on the land of Israel, which will be lying in peace after her recovery from war, after the return of her people from many lands. You and your allies, a vast and awesome horde, will roll down on them like a storm and cover the land like a cloud. This is what the Lord says. At that time evil thoughts will come into your mind and you'll devise a wicked scheme. And you'll say, Israel is an unprotected land with unwalled villages. I'll march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. We'll stop there. Now who is Magog? Who is this force from the north of Israel attacking her? Now if I laid a map out for you of the world and we looked at Israel, to the immediate north of them would be Russia. And this is a whole nother thing I could go into for another 25 minutes easily describing to you why I think Russia could be Magog. I don't think anyone can say with absolute certainty, but I think you can make a very good case for it. And many Bible prophecy experts that I respect believe it is modern day Russia. It is worth noting that among the allies of Russia is Persia. Persia is the name of Iran. On March 21st, 1935, Persia changed their name to what we call Iran, and they are an ally of Russia. So God specifically says that Magog will have an ally in Persia. If Magog is Russia, and I do believe with, with absolute certainty that Persia is Iran, that means this was prophesied hundreds of years ago, and now they have an alliance. This is so unlikely. They really had no reason to have an alliance, but we know they have one today. Now let me say this. This is the leadership in Iran. The Iranian people are wonderful people. Most of them don't want these people in control of their nation today. And, and they've rebelled on many occasions. And we've heard wonderful stories of revival breaking out among Iranian people. And we're hearing stories of them turning to Jesus Christ, okay? So I'm talking about a regime. I'm talking about who's in control of the story right now. But Russia has a new intercontinental missile system that they claim could destroy all of the United Kingdom. One single missile. It has 15 nuclear warheads on it. And they put it on combat duty. You know what they, the name of that missile is? Satan II. Can't make this stuff up. Crazy. But let's just play this out. Let's say Magog is Russia. Let's say they march on Israel with their allies. Well, if this were to happen, you could see how this would trigger a chain of events. An expert on the Middle East wrote these words, and I quote, Iran knows how to unlock the doors to a nuclear Armageddon. There is a growing sense in Israel that Jerusalem is quickly running out of time. Tehran has inserted the nuclear key into the gate lock of Armageddon and in beginning to twist it open. So we can see, whoa, it just, everything could just fall into place immediately. And certainly it's a sign of the times. And we know that the leaders of Iran have claimed on more than one occasion threatened to wipe Israel off the face of the map. And here's something that might surprise you, and I'll just say it, and this might offend someone, but I don't care anymore because I'm 70. <laughs> All right, so. America needs Israel more than Israel needs America. Now, certainly Israel has benefited from their relationship with us. We provided them with a lot of things, most notably the so-called Iron Dome which is a very sophisticated defense system that has protected them and helped them from many attacks that continue to come their way. But why does America need Israel? 
because of a promise that God made in Genesis 12.3 when he said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. Look at any nation historically that has raised their hand against Israel and has sought to destroy her and look at what happened. There's a blessing promised for those that support Israel and support the Jewish people and I'm happy and proud to say our nation has done that. But in this story, Israel stands alone. And here's what God says is gonna happen in Ezekiel 38, 18. This is what will happen in that day. When Gog attacks the land of Israel, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the sovereign Lord. And then he says he will decimate Magog with their armies. And there are so many weapons that it takes seven years to destroy them. And then God's gonna pour his spirit out on Israel. So where does this event fit in the prophetic puzzle? Short answer, I'm not sure. I'll give you an educated guess. I think it could happen sometime before or right after the rapture. Why do I think that? Because it takes seven years for them to burn the weapons and the tribulation period is seven years. So maybe that's where it will happen. But, but it's somewhere in here. And here's another thing it triggers. A great spiritual awakening happens in Israel after God destroys Magog and God. But that is not happening right now. And here's an interesting verse in the New Testament, Romans 11, 25. I want you to understand this mystery, writes Paul, dear friends, so you, you don't feel proud and start bragging. Because some of the Jews have hard hearts, but this will last only until the complete number of Gentiles comes to Christ. So God's gonna pour his spirit out on Israel, but he hasn't done it yet. But when the full gathering of the Gentiles be come in, which is King James 4, the full number of people believing in Jesus is completed, then the rapture happens, you see. So this is why I believe there might be walking this planet some person that God is waiting for to believe. Can you imagine if you knew who that person was? Hey dude, could you get saved like now? Let's go. Come on, what? What are you waiting for? The last person believes and we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So we're waiting for that event to happen. So okay, you say, Interesting, but so what? Well, this should affect you in the way that you live. Because you, my friend, are a last day's believer. Now, do I believe Jesus could come at any time? Yes. Do I believe it might be 10 years from now or 20 years from now? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I'm not a date setter. I don't know when he'll come. No man knows the day or the hour. But I do believe it could happen at any moment. And I think we should live in anticipation of that as followers of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid when Jesus Christ is living in your life. Pastor Greg Laurie with good insight for last day's believers here on A New Beginning. But if you're not sure you are a last day's believer, if you're not sure you've ever entered into a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, Pastor Greg can help you with that right now. Let me tell you how you can come into a relationship with God right here, right now. First of all, you need to recognize you need God. You need to admit you're a sinner. I know some people choke on that word, but the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then you need to recognize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross for your sin. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
And then you need to believe in Jesus. Jesus put it this way, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You might ask, how does one believe in Jesus? To believe means to put your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone, and to receive him into your life as your own friend, Savior, and Lord. The Bible says, For as many as received him, He gave them the power to become sons of God. Would you like to receive Christ? And by that I mean, would you like to ask Jesus to enter into your life and be your Savior, your friend, your Lord? If so, you can just pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin. I turn now from my sin And I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing this prayer. And thank you for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you and say, welcome to the family of God. Yeah, that's right. And we want to help you get started living for the Lord. We'd like to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Ask for a New Believers Growth Pack when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, join us for more insight from Pastor Greg's message, How to Be a World Changer at the End of the World. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Be a World Changer at the End of the World. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.